Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Listeners, and welcome to Ohio Mysteries. This is our 10-minute mystery edition, a little slice of intrigue in the middle of your week. I'm your co-host, Steve Yoder, and with us as always is our storyteller and journalist, Paula Schleiss. Hi, everybody. Tonight, we're going to January 26, 1973, in Clark County, on Ohio's western edge, where the county seat is the city of Springfield. The phone at the Clark County Sheriff's Office rang. A dispatcher picked up. This wasn't the first call the anonymous caller placed that day. He had called the Springfield New Sun, St. Mary's School, and a local church, anxious to relay his news. The caller's final effort was the sheriff. There's a body, the caller said, a man's body in a ditch off West Possum Road. Then the mysterious caller hung up without leaving a name. Deputies went to West Possum Road and began to search. Without more detail, there was a lot of ground to cover. Acres and acres of farms and fields. It would take them four hours, but just after 10 p.m., they found the body. Lying in a field far from the road near Rebert Pike. But it wasn't a man. It was a 12-year-old boy. His name was Marvin Lee King, but everyone called him Bo. And Bo's mom had reported him missing the day before. Bo was born July 30, 1960, and he was being raised by his mom, Monica King, a native of England. They lived at the Rose Garden Mobile Home Park, located on Upper Valley Pike, about a mile from the Springfield city limits. He was an only child. His dad lived in Florida. Bo was a thin kid with light hair and freckles and brown eyes. Former classmates at Simon Kenton Elementary School thought he looked like Alfalfa from The Little Rascals, but with blonde hair. He was an outgoing boy, always smiling, but maybe too friendly and too trusting, his mom would say. January 25, 1973 was a Thursday, but there was no school. It had been canceled so people could stay home to watch the nationally televised funeral of former President Lyndon Baines Johnson. 
But there was another death on the mind of young Bo that day. His pet hamster had died. His mom set him down for a heartfelt talk about death. A conversation, she later said, that would haunt her. That afternoon, Monica King left for work. She made ends meet by working at a local bar, the Bonfire. At the age of 12, Bo was used to looking after himself sometimes when his mom had to work. Later that evening, Bo wanted to talk to his mom. He called her at work, but she had her hands full at the moment. She'd call him back, she said. And as soon as she could, she did. But Bo didn't answer. So Monica called a friend who lived at the trailer park to run over and check on him. The friend went to the trailer and found the door ajar. No Bo inside, just evidence that he had been baking cookies in the kitchen. Monica got a friend to drive her home from work immediately. There was no sign of a struggle, so she began to canvass neighbors. Some had spoken to Bo that day. Everything seemed fine. But then there was a neighbor who saw something that now clearly wasn't as harmless as it appeared. Bo had gotten into a dark-colored car, possibly a 1965 Chevrolet or Pontiac. Monica called the sheriff. It was 11.30 p.m. The anonymous calls started the next day. When deputies found Bo, he had been dead for 12 to 16 hours. An autopsy would determine he had been strangled to death with a nylon clothesline. He was fully clothed, though he had no coat. At first, the case looked like it might get solved quickly. Just three days after Bo was found, the sheriff announced he would be bringing charges in the case. And while the sheriff didn't provide any other details, reporters said they had learned a man and a woman were being held. But no charges were filed. Not then, not ever. Detectives later told reporters they had a material witness in the crime. They talked about a 35-year-old Springfield man that they were questioning at the county jail. Then they spoke about a second material witness to whom they were giving a polygraph test. But in time, word of those suspects faded. The sheriff pleaded for the anonymous caller to come forward. The caller wasn't necessarily the killer, especially since he had described the body of a man, not a boy. At least one news report suggested the caller was a motorist who spotted the body from the road. But if the caller had any additional info, detectives would never learn. He never identified himself. Nearly 50 years later, no one has ever been charged in connection with Bo's death, but the case is still remembered. In a 2013 story by the Dayton Daily News, Clark County Sheriff Gene Kelly said Bo's case is one that has haunted his department. This was a child that was left out there, and no child deserves to die like that, he told the reporter. Detectives haven't been in contact with Monica King for decades, but they're still working the case. In 2013, the sheriff turned over evidence to the Ohio Bureau of Investigation, hoping that advances in forensic science might reveal something that had escaped them all these years. If the BCI found anything, it hasn't been made public. 
One investigator noted that some of the possible suspects that were identified at the time of Bo's death were still persons of interest. It's not like we don't have anything to go on, Lieutenant Christopher Clark told the Daily News, not going into any details. The newspaper also spoke to a couple of Bo's friends from Kenton Elementary, who said even today, when classmates get together, Bo always comes up. Bo's death was a loss of innocence for all of them. One classmate, Leslie Reed, who now lives in California, said she had a crush on Bo. When she was told of his murder, she said, I'm not sure I even knew what that meant. Anyone with information about the abduction and death of Bo King can call the Clark County Sheriff at 937-328-2560. In researching this story, I was stunned to hear that Bo was killed the day of former President Eisenhower's funeral because I recalled he wasn't the only Ohio child to be murdered that day. Just a half hour's drive from Springfield in the Montgomery County city of Brookville, 13-year-old Linda Durth was at home because her school had also closed for Eisenhower's funeral. While Bo was abducted and killed in the evening, Linda was killed in the morning at an hour when any other weekday would have found her at school. Her parents worked that day and her teenage brother left to do chores for their grandparents leaving her at home to practice her cornet for an upcoming concert. A home invader raped her and shot her in the head. I won't go into more detail here because we did an episode on this one. We called it Home Invasion, The Buck and Dearth Killings. It was episode 42, so if your podcast app doesn't go back that far, you can find a link to it and every single episode we've ever done on our website, ohiomysteries.com. Just look for the episodes link at the top of the page. That's it for this week's 10-Minute Mystery. We'll see you here Sunday for our next regular full-size Ohio Mystery episode. In the meantime, enjoy the rest of your week. May all of your mysteries have happy endings. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far? in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon.